I'm Damien Fowler. And I'm Eileen Slifring. And welcome to this edition of The Current Podcast. This week, we sit down with Tony Marlowe, CMO at LG Ad Solutions, a platform that sells ads on connected LG screens and others while providing attribution for advertisers. The company reaches millions of households and works with brands to reach viewers using machine learning and data from how viewers are interacting with their TVs. Tony is a 20-year marketing veteran. He's worked at Nielsen, Yahoo, and more recently as the CMO of both Data Axel and Integral Ad Science. He joined LG Ad Solutions in September 2022. We started by asking him for a little insight on his background in the world of ad tech. My entire career has been at that intersection of marketing and advertising meets digital, digital media. To answer your question around what really drew me to LG Ad Solutions, you kind of need to go back a little. I was a CMO at IAS, Integral Ad Science, in that media quality space. Uh, And being a part of that executive team, we took the company public in the summer of 2021. I stuck around for about a year, actually more than a year afterward, and it was really a sense of mission complete. I did I did what they brought me in to do to, to help professionalize the company, help really push that narrative. And then what was really unique is I had time to really think about what comes next. I was able to really proactively plan the next movement. And I remember at that moment in time really thinking that there's only one space that I want to be in and it's, it's CTV. And for me, it was just a clear choice. Eyeballs were drifting to CTV. That's where the usage was. It was an emerging medium and it was starting to become an advertising medium. And um, as, as luck had it, there was an opportunity. I met with some of the, the leadership at, at LG Ad Solutions and that intersection of streaming connected television and advertising was just perfect for me in my background. Uh, and I think CTV suits me well. It's something I enjoy. Now, looking back even further, what led you to start a career in marketing to begin with? For me, I guess I would say at at its heart, all marketing is about storytelling and using those stories and that storytelling function to make a meaningful connection with your audience. And I think that's something that's always resonated with me, that, that ability for whether it's on the content side, a story to really capture your heart or pique your, your curiosity And for marketers to be able to do that and sort of say, this is a a product, a service, a brand that is for you. And so I think that's the piece that's always worked for me. I I mean, I would also say um, I've always been what some might consider to be a massive nerd as as comes to just wanting to know how does this work? How do I make a better connection? Also, digital media, that was something very early on in my career I knew that I was interested in. And when those two things intersect, this ability to tell stories and this ability to leverage it at scale in the way that people want to, whether it's on their phone, on their TVs, on their laptops, that's a really cool thing. And I've yeah felt very lucky to be a part of what is probably one of the most unique periods of human history in terms of like how we're driving change. That's so interesting to hear that. And, you know, when you when you step back and look at the macro view, it really is like the last five years have been such a dynamic shift in the way we consume media. And on that point, I'd really love to know a little bit more about how LG Ad Solutions fits into that big macro shift. There really has been over the last three, slightly more years, a fundamental shift in the way that people consume television. So 
I like to sort of say, just throw yourself back to early 2020. It's the start of the pandemic. People are following stay-at-home guidance. People start watching more TV and they start watching more streaming television. And what we saw then was maybe a three-month period where there were three, four, five-plus years of behavioral change. And it was this micro point in time, obviously driven by exogenous factors, but where it was a massive amount of change observed over a short period of time. Now, then the viewership was really uh, underpinned by subscription television. So think, for example, the, the original version of Netflix, I pay my monthly fee, I get my content, and there are no ads. Now, when you talk about the evolution, this, this big shift, as we call it, is currently in the second phase. So this second phase right now is adoption of ad-supported models of streaming television. And there's many reasons for that, which we can go into. Yeah. You know, as we go into this second phase, I mean, there must be perhaps new opportunities for different types of ad experiences. How are you thinking about that and how are you working with viewers across the platform? Yeah, I think this gets right to the core of the matter. So a, a lot of the industry really knows us, LGR Solutions, for our ACR data. That's automatic content recognition. For for any of your listeners who might not be familiar, I, I always just like to think about it. It's almost like Shazam on your TV. It's a technology that can identify either the content or the ad. For example, maybe you're news, news enthusiasts, and it means that we are able to target ads based off that, that information. So that, that's what we're known for. But we would also say combining that data with media, whether it's the native placements that we see. So the home screen has become an amazing canvas. There was a, a recent really popular example where the Barbie movie was advertising on the home screen of LG TVs. Really cool execution. It contained a QR code. It merged the large screen on the wall to the small screen in the hand. You could buy tickets at your local cinema. And that's a type of advertising basically that didn't exist before. And then I would also say layering over other data. So ACR is one type of data, but we can use other data sources to personalize the creative. So for example, um, there, was a, there was a recent campaign, Colorado Clothing, uh, I believe I th- believe it ran over the summer line. The tagline was keeps you cool and it was showing performance fabrics. But a campaign like that can really be supercharged using things like weather triggers. So right down to the DMA level. So maybe maybe it's rainy where you are, Damien. Maybe your ad is keeps you dry. And then maybe, maybe at least you're in a, a different situation. Uh, maybe it's snowing, keeps you warm. And what's really cool about these weather triggered ads, and you can literally use any, any data source, The thing that captures my attention is if you're a brand like Colorado, you can maintain national scale all the time while always having hyper relevance. Weather is just one example. I like to use it because I think everyone can relate to weather, but you can do things like countdown to sporting moments, other external data sources. And of course, you can merge it with our ACR. Now, when it comes to reach and attention, how are you finding like TV ads performing compared to CTV now? It's interesting you raised that. We Not long ago, in fact, just, just a week or two ago, we dropped a study and we were comparing essentially connected streaming environments to traditional linear environments. But it showed, first of all, streaming versus linear, people were much more likely to co-view in streaming, meaning that when you're watching TV and it's streaming, you're probably watching it with someone else in the room, or at least there's a much higher chance versus when you're watching linear TV. So that was an interesting finding. The second thing was that when you're co-viewing, we found that people paid more attention to the screen, to both the content and the ads. And that was something where we had a big question mark. 
we were asking ourselves internally, do you think do you think they'll pay less attention because they're talking to other people? Do you think they'll pay more attention because it's this communal viewing experience? And it turns out you pay more attention if you're watching with others. And then, of course, just the general attention level, we found that it's higher within these streaming environments versus linear TV. And I think there's many reasons for that. Uh, and a lot of it is the addressability and relevance of the content and the advertising that's associated with it. It's just more relevant when it's built for you. What's interesting about your position too is that you have this sort of macro view in lots of ways of consumer habits, you know, when it comes to CTV, as you say. I mean, what are the sort of high level observations that you're, you're seeing, you know, around the way people watch TV? Yeah, I mean, so it, I think I'd start with some of the obvious. So it, it might not surprise you to hear that 93% in the US are reachable via connected TV, meaning we're basically at saturation. Almost everyone has access to a, a TV that is capable of doing this thing. What's interesting, though, and this goes to the second phase of the big shift, is 80% are using at least one form of ad-supported CTV. And again, I think to myself, okay, great, it makes sense. The stat that really blew my mind, though, was that 63%, so like significantly over half of people, actually prefer the free ad-supported model to, to subscription. That is mind-blowing. Remember, in 2020, that was kind of a model, but basically all consumption was subscription. The consumer had spoken. We just want the monthly fee. Go away with ads. That is not where the zeitgeist is right now. People are embracing that ad supported models. That's one of the bigger things for me. And then the last thing, I guess, that we we kind of touched on a little bit, but I think that, that a lot of marketers should have an open conversation about this. And that is, we've, we've found through some recent research that 96% of television viewers, whether that be linear or streaming, they're multitasking on another device while they're watching. And I believe this presents a, an incredibly powerful opportunity to provide consistent messaging, consistent experiences between that big screen and the one that's in their hand. And bear in mind, when, when they're on their phone, they're, they're doing three things. It's messaging, it's social, and it's shopping. They're the top three things that people do. So they're already in this mindset where purchasing is, is top of mind. Are we, are we in a position now where we can have accurate cross-device tracking and attribution yeah, for what you had spoken about cross-screen, I, I would articulate it as I think a lot of progress has been made. And I actually think what we're able to do now is very impressive versus just a few years ago. And at the same time, I would say we all as an industry have a lot of work to do to kind of improve that experience. Um, you know, even, even sort of knowing, say we just take the TV portion of your question Knowing there are LG TVs or a certain percentage of the population, if you add us to one of the other OEMs, you're over half. If you add a third one in, you're closer to three quarters. That's not perfect. But if you're looking to frequency cap and understand if your campaign's working, that's a lot better than a, than a multitude of fragmentation where you're know, working with 20, 30 different partners. And so we're making advancements in terms of how you can look at it. And then, and then as pertains to other devices, so for us, we've got a product called Household Extend, which essentially means you can extend your media footprint onto other devices within an LG TV household. And so being able to do that allows us to have a, a good view on the media impressions as well as the measurement of that within that LG ecosystem. Yeah, that's interesting that you know, the advances are happening, you know, as we speak. I'm interested also, and this is a bit more of a macro question, you know, what, what are some, you know, common mistakes or misconceptions that marketers should avoid when they're entering the CTV advertising space? 
Yeah, I, li- I like this. Let me first say this this one thing to set the platform. So for us, and I, I, I am fully behind this, we have a vision to just transform what TV means. So not that long ago, TV was just a passive medium. You, it was a lean back, you sit there, it almost just happened to you. And you know you could endlessly cycle through searching channels. But we've started, and, and there, I think there's a really exciting journey ahead, to transform TV into this immersive medium. And whether that means, sure, on-demand content, but what about shoppable moments directly to your television or seaming the television to your your mobile phone? What about cloud gaming baked straight into your television? And I think, and actually let me even say, what about what does TV even mean? As we start to sort of see passenger screens in vehicles, and, you know, LG has a lot of deals with various automakers to put those screens in. You start to be able to hit people with the information and entertainment they want in situations that aren't the traditional living room. And what's really cool about that, when you start to talk about that, you can take a very long-term view. Like, for example, think about autonomous vehicles. Within, at some point, probably within the next 15 or so years, we won't even need a driver. And so you can start to see we're at the very beginning of a journey where we're redefining what TV even means. And I actually feel proud to be a part of a company that's helping with that transformation. So um, I think that's the thing. Now, when you, when you talk about common mistakes, I think it goes back to what we were talking about before. It's, it's really that people treat today's TV like it's the TV of 20 or 30 years ago, and it's just not. It is so much more powerful it has the ability to be so much more relevant. And remember, relevance is what turns an ad from being something that's annoying into being something that's actually useful in life. That's the difference. If you're serving me ads that are just not relevant to me, if you serve me women's running shoes, I'm just not buying that product. That's not happening. But I am a triathlete, so give, give me some men's cycling or men's running shoes. I'm interested in that. And that relevance changes everything. You know, so on that note, like sports... That's like one of the major holdouts still of like CTV, but it's constantly changing and more and more networks are leaning into CTV. They want to be where people are watching and consuming their shows. Um, Are you excited about that area? How do you see that playing out? So sports is the last bastion of linear television. We're seeing... People still preferring linear in most exam- in most examples uh, for sports consumption. However, there are a lot of signs that the behavior is rapidly changing. So I think Amazon consumed a lot of oxygen out of the room in in sort of capturing that Thursday night football. Um, Apple has been leaning into major league soccer games. I believe they've they've had some MLB games for for a little while now, and I believe right now the the streaming NBA rights are up for grabs. So I think. Along with the broader shifts that we're observing, I believe we'll see a similar shift for sports, albeit on a delayed time frame. I think the, the delay is happening. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And some of them are really simple. I think just a few years ago, you might even just doubt the reliability of your connection. And no one wants to be at that critical moment of a game and just have, have the screen freeze up. Whereas I think now, certainly in most, most Western societal populations, you're less worried about your connection letting you down. It's the behaviors are clearly there in all other areas of television consumption. And I think we're going to see the next couple of years be the years of sports consumption within streaming environments. That is a very interesting point. And I have never heard anyone make that point about the importance of 
the infrastructure and the connection. And that has driven so much change. I mean, that's happened quickly. Absolutely. I've got to ask you, you know, we were at Cannes this year and AI was, you know, topic number one. How can it help when it comes to dynamic creative? What's coming next? How does it fit into the ecosystem that you're operating in? I think within CTV, it's essentially going to be improving the targetability, so how we use data, or it's going to be improving the creative. And and on the targeting side, there was actually a situation that happened to me a few years ago, not CTV related, but I believe CTV is in the moment I'm about to describe right now. I was, many years ago, I was working at Yahoo. We acquired this company called Flurry Analytics, and I was chatting with their CEO, um, Simon Kalaf. He's still CEOing over there on the West Coast. And he, he said one of the most profound things to me. He said, look, we have the ability across mobile, and it was a mobile SDK company, to build segments that will just have a higher incidence of conversion. We can target a collection of people to convert better but we're, we're using machine learning and we as humans can't even articulate what it is about this group that makes them more likely to convert for this thing. The machines are making the decisions. And I think we're embarking on that kind of idea where it's not going to be give me give me males 21 plus for my beer commercial or you know females 35 to 54. I think the target audiences are going to be much more sophisticated and may hit a point where we as human media planners actually have a difficult time comprehending what it is that unifies a particular group that just converts better for a particular product or category. So I think there's the data side of it. And then I also believe there's the creative side of it. So we were talking about dynamic creatives in the context of weather triggers earlier. I think AI will put that onto steroids for lack of a better description. I think we're going to see hyper-relevance, hyper-personalization, executions that work for you and even get to the point where it's not a media flight of three, four, or even 10 plus different executions where maybe they're dynamically created in real time for the user that it's being served to. And I think we're on that path. But, um, you know, AI more generally, I I would say not specific to this category, but generally I've got a pretty strong view on this. I think that as humans, we have a tough time understanding when things are growing in a non-linear fashion. And we talk about AI like it's growing linearly, like in five years, in 10 years, this is going to be really different, but it's not. The The technology is growing at an exponential rate. And another way of saying that is even think about ChatGPT, which is what many people will speak about when talking about AI, what it will be able to do one year from now would blow our mind today. And what it would be able to do two, three, four years from now, I, I don't think we can even predict. And I think that's the whammy. Like I could predict all day, every day, but I think the honest answer is there's not really a human alive that understands where it's going to go in the long term. And that's it for this edition of The Current Podcast. Stay tuned because next time we'll be speaking with Tracy Graziani, the Vice President of Marketing and Brand Partnerships at Francesca's. How can we find solutions that are making it better for our customer? Because if we disappoint them, that's where the trust is lost. They have so many other options. It's that combination of trust with our differentiated product that I think will continue to set us apart. The Current is produced by Wonder Media Network. Our theme is by Love and Caliber. The Current team includes Chris Brooklier and Kat Bessie. And remember, it's it's really that 
People treat today's TV like it's the TV of 20 or 30 years ago, and it's just not. It is so much more powerful. It has the ability to be so much more relevant. And remember, relevance is what turns an ad from being something that's annoying into being something that's actually useful in life. That's the difference. I'm Damien. And I'm Elise. And we'll see you next time.